Hey, hey, and welcome, or welcome back to Church Media HQ. Now, today I have a little bit of a different episode for you. In fact, this episode is a kind of a replay of a conversation that I had a few months ago with Carrie Schmidt. And this is a was just really one of the most insightful conversations I've had with a church leader about really just all things media, tech. We talk about Apple uh, as far as Apple devices. We talk about using technology in the ministry and in church. We talk about some philosophical things having to do with outreach and communication and marketing. And really, again, I just enjoyed this conversation so much. I wanted to share it with you again. Now, before I get there, I do want to remind you to make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and you're going to want to make sure that you subscribe on our YouTube channel and the reason you're going to make sure you do both is because as we announced recently we're actually making some changes in our con in, in our content output and programming in that we are going to be making our podcast feed and our main weekly episode uh, more general to not just church leaders and marketing but also to talking about some of the content that we talk about on what was our other podcast connection culture, which has to do with consumer technology and really just being a responsible uh, media consumer and creator. And that is going to come together. We're going to merge these two uh, podcast uh, and, and uh, episode content. Uh, we're going to merge them into one podcast. Now, if you are listening on our Church Media HQ podcast feed, you don't have to do anything uh, that is uh, except for subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, you're going to make sure you do that. But nothing is going to change in terms of uh, there's no uh, new podcast you have to go find. It's all just going to stay right here in this podcast feed. Now, again, though, you do want to make sure you, that you subscribe on YouTube because we are going to be dropping exclusive content for church leaders directly to our YouTube channel in the form of more short form videos and content. And so make sure you're subscribed to our podcast and our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash must increase. That way you don't miss the content that we put out for church leaders in particular. But church leaders, you're going to want to stay right here with us on this podcast as well, because moving forward, the content that we're going to be putting out is still going to be very relevant to you. And in fact, some might argue that it might be even more meaningful. So stay tuned, stay with us. We will get to there uh, in the weeks to come. But for now, I want to share a replay of my conversation with Kerry Schmidt, who of course is the pastor of uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church there in Newington, Connecticut. And so right now I want to share my conversation with Kerry Schmidt. I'm going to dive, I guess this will, we'll start here if you will, but I, I genuinely am curious as well. You do um, live daily videos, uh, or at least they're released every day. Are you, first of all, just, are you pre-recording those and then you know, like batch recording them and releasing them? Or is it like in real time? It's not in real time uh, because it's noon every day, which is hard to make that happen. When I started it, it was. I was just going live every day at noon. But um, now it's pre-recorded. Sometimes I record a day at a time, uh, but sometimes I try to do a, a whole week. If I'm going on out of town, I will pre-record everything for while I'm gone. Um, so it's, it's kind of mix and match, but... I do, I do about a 10 to 12 minute thing for every day. 
Okay. Yeah, that, and that's that's impressive because I try to keep up. And, and then you're doing a, a weekly sermon as well, at least one sermon a week. Um, so that's that's quite the content output. You blog as well, right? Um, you've, blog got, you've got blog content out there. I used to write blog posts really frequently, but I just don't have the same margin to do that. I'd like to do more of that in the coming months and years. I, I, I've hired some staff that are helping with more administrative stuff. So I'd like to get back to, to writing more. And then I, occasionally I'm working on a book. So that consumes some energy as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say you're, you're, you've written many books um, over the years, which I, I've told you before, but I have to say again, your, your latest one, Stop Trying, awesome book. So we'll go ahead and give that a plug. It really is genuinely a great book. Um, so wherever books are sold on Amazon, right? That's where you find it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, but no, I, I genuinely did enjoy it. And so, um, I, I, uh, I have to recommend that, but, um, and then getting back to the, the live stream or the not truly live, but your daily videos. Uh, yeah. I don't know, this might be more of a question for your, you know, whoever's handling the tech there, but you know, you've got a really good setup. I've, you know, I've, I've seen them before. You've got clearly a good camera and, and everything. I mean, I don't, and you got a nice microphone. I mean, I don't know if you know much about how it works, if you will, but uh, I was just curious if you knew anything about the the setup and the way it works. It's at my house. I mean, I run it all by myself. So for, for real? Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, it it. Uh, in fact, I to do this, I almost went up to my study at home to do my green screen because I have in my basement. I have a room that was my study office. It's where. I, where I do a lot of my study and when we started we started doing the dailies during COVID and that was just through Psalms was how I started doing it and just just to give people a place to process emotion I mean COVID was tumultuous for all of us and for, for me I mean for, frankly if nobody ever watched the videos I did it for me um, so hmm. the the viewership is auxiliary to the fact that I needed to process my own experience through through God's word but we were setting up, tearing down, setting up, tearing down. I was doing them on the platform in the church to save our media team time. Um, and finally, about two months in, maybe three, uh, I started doing on my iPhone with a little little light and a plug and a little stand. And uh, the, the program we use is called BoxCast. And they have an iPhone app that I could go live right from that, uh, right to the server. And then I just, I just had our media guy put together a price for we already had the camera so light light gear couple extra microphones green screen and uh and the stuff to run it so i use obs um and we took a couple of static shots blurry shots of backgrounds around the church um so it's what's funny is most people think i'm sitting in the church lobby when they watch that um you fooled me you fooled me and i i have an eye for that stuff you fooled me good that's funny well, go back and look now that you know, you'll be able to tell. Now, that's true. Yeah, now that I know, I probably will be able to tell. Yeah. But I run it right from my laptop. We For a while, I had this little breakout box. Uh, I forget the name of that box, but it's a UB, uh, USB. You can program the buttons and, you know, so you can create dissolves and stuff. And now I'm just using uh, a mouse to do that with, with a keyboard. But uh, I, we built a transition in and out, fade in and out, and... I just do it. 
Okay. Well, that, that that's pretty awesome. So, cause I noticed, I'm sorry, I'm getting so hung up on this. I'm just, I'm, I have my own setup here, as you can see. So I'm clearly fascinated uh, by this and I'm not going to lie. Ha this, this setup was half inspired by what I saw you and then Kurt Skelly doing. I, I saw, you know, he does something similar and then I'd seen some other guys do it too. And I was like, I got this nice camera sitting here. I need to do something with it. And so I, I bought a few things. Anyways, it's not about my setup, it's about yours. Um, but, uh, uh, as far as, oh no, now I forgot my question about that. I was going to dig a little deeper on that. Um, but, uh, must not have been important, but, uh, oh no, no, you said you're, you're running it yourself from your, from your laptop there. Cause yeah, that's what I noticed was as you're, I've watched a couple of them and as it's ending, you start to hear a little bit of music. Now, is that added in post? Um, or is that like, no, you've got something in time timer there and it's, you start to hear the music and you fade out. We built, um, an opening that is three minutes because it takes the stream a while to start up and, and be locked, yeah. you know? Okay. And that music, um, when I dissolve to the live shot, so there's a place where that opening ends and the music continues to fade. So I dissolve to the live shot. The music fades out under me. Okay. We built the fade mm -hmm. into the file. So no one has to mix it live. It's just there. <clears throat> then when my devotion is done, about about 20 seconds before I'm ready to go, have a great day. I play the, the rollout, okay? And it ramps up under me music. And there's a place in that music that I kind of know that's where it's going to get louder. And I want to be done by then. So I'm kind of wrapping up and I go, well, that's enough for today. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. And then I dissolve to the, the outro that's already rolling. It's already got the music baked in and the volume comes up. And, uh, and then I click after 10, 15 seconds of that, I dissolve to black and then I go to box cast and stop the stream. So what our team gets <clears throat> needs, the only thing they do is trim the front. So it's not three minutes of waiting. I think they trim mm -hmm. it to 30 seconds or something. Um, but then they schedule it to, to roll out live from our server at noon. Um, they do check it because occasionally my home internet will be spotty, so it'll be jumpy. And then I do a backup mm -hmm. recording. So I'm recording to my hard drive as well as to the stream server. And if, if they need that file, I can airdrop it or whatever, but there's literally okay. no post-production. Okay. Well, so I'm taking notes here because as of right now, I am my own editor for my podcast. Uh, I've had guys help me in the past editing. Um, but, uh, as of now, so I'm always thinking of a way that I can, okay, what can I do to minimize posts as much as possible? In fact, that's my thing too. I mean, when it comes to these conversations, unless there's just something that a guest says that I'm like, uh, they come back to me later and they say, Oh, you know what? Please cut that out. I didn't mean to say that, which has happened like once. Um, or if there's a massive technical issue, my goal is that all of these are completely raw, unedited. I just plug them in. Now I am manually adding like an intro and outro in, in post, but I'm, I'm, uh, I use OBS as well. So I'm going to look into that more. So, uh, it says anything I can do to not have to edit is, is fantastic. Yeah. Just, just bake everything in. You're opening uh, voiceover, you're opening music into one file that is mixed right, you know, so that there's mm -hmm. nothing left to do. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duly noted. So um, you clearly, uh, you, you seem to be a pretty techie guy 
if you will, I mean, you're, you probably and me are probably similar. Like people think I'm super techie. And it's like, no, I just appreciate, you know, technology. I, I like to use it to the fullest, but if you have any issues with like your, your servers malfunctioning or, or something about the most I could do is maybe help you get your printer connected to your computer. That's about the extent of my, my tech support. Um, but you clearly like using technology. So, uh, I really, again, just kind of along this line, like for you in terms of like, what, what's your devices, your apps, your tools that you use? It's probably a broad question, but for, for productivity, for work, for life. Well, I've, you got to remember, Luke, I've had kind of two ministry lives. Okay. Um, uh-huh. in California, I mean, from the ground up, we built a media ministry. Okay. So I would, I, I was into that up to my eyeballs with Jeremy Lofgren and other people. <clears throat> and I've never gotten into the networking side of things. So if it's networking, I need an out of the box solution. Like I'm not going to set up servers and firewalls, but when it comes to audio, video, uh, photo, when it comes to design, graphics, video editing, I've done hundreds and hundreds of hours of that stuff in my former life. Um, Number one, because I loved it. Number two, because I was kind of growing up in ministry as that stuff was becoming consumer accessible. You know, all of Apple's firsts were happening while Jeremy and I were, were developing that media ministry. So we were immediately, the minute they introduced nonlinear desktop video editing, we were in it. Like, buy it now. We've got to have it yesterday. <clears throat> so it is funny because now, you know, like the second life in ministry is senior pastoring, which is very far removed from that that world, except for the, the little media that I do. So anyway, it, my, my, my production suite used to be Adobe Creative Suite and Final Cut Pro and, uh, you know, a variety of audio production resources and tools. Now, um, I'm spending most of my time in Logos and Accordance, um, Bible study, sermon prep, but personal productivity. Uh, right now, I'm using things as my task manager. I'm migrating a little bit into a into a task manager called ClickUp. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. I'm, my business runs off ClickUp. Okay. So we're integrating Cl- ClickUp in, in kind of a team environment here. So okay. anything I do with like my assistant, my all my appointments, phone calls, all that stuff is kind of built into ClickUp. Um, I'm just not all the way embedded into ClickUp in my personal task. <laughs> I, actually, you want to know what I, this this is my best management tool right here. Boom. I mean, that's, that's today. Okay. Um, so it just, you know, handwriting stuff, calendar, task manager, project management. I do an Excel spreadsheet. Um, unless I'm planning a project, then I'll create a different kind of document. I do all of my writing and sermon, sermon writing, book writing, blog post writing in a program called Scrivener, uh, which is copy. It's, it's like word on steroids. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I use Evernote as a file management, like I throw a lot of articles and illustration material, a lot of stuff I just want to save and be able to search later into Evernote. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the world I live in. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, Evernote is, I used Evernote for the longest time and then they uh, did, they, they put in the limitation where you only got like one or two devices on the free tier. 
and it was one of those things. I don't know if they've changed it since. That was some years ago. But, you know, for the longest time, that was just a storage limitation. And then they said, well, there's also going to be a device limitation. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm not using it enough to really care. I did love the concept of it. Like I said, it's very searchable. Um, that That's that's nice. Um, and then, but yeah, ClickUp, ClickUp is, now I will say ClickUp, it's very, uh, it can be really overwhelming at first because it does so much, you know, it, it, it boasts as the app to replace them all. And I mean, they really are, uh, doing their best to be that. Um, but that, the, the problem is, is you get into it at first and you just get really overwhelmed. And I remember for me, it took, it took a while for ClickUp to kind of stick if you will because it was like i just i'm the kind of guy that's like oh if it's got the feature i gotta use the feature right um and so eventually it was like no i'm just i'm only going to use the ones that i need and i'll figure out the rest along the way so that's cool that you're uh click a lot of people i'm hearing more about are are getting on turned on to click up um and everything there uh, are that it, it it's so internet dependent which if you're in a team environment that's great uh yeah but it's sluggish sometimes for me and you know things i can enter a task in like two seconds or click up mm. it's more like 30 seconds you know i gotta i gotta assign it to me i've gotta give it a priority yep. you know, it takes me a, a second to get it entered in so that i wish it would be real light on its feet locally and then sync you know i wish they would create that syncability which maybe they will but yeah I would think that they are. Yeah, I will say their mobile apps are not great, like iPad app, uh, phone app. I, In fact, usually if I'm on my iPad and I need to go to ClickUp, I just access it through the browser because I hate the app. Um, and it's not ideal, but it's at least enough. Uh, now, something that I do, a little little hack um, that I've learned is uh, you can email stuff directly to ClickUp. So that's a lot of times how I create a task is I, I have like a, a catch-all list that's in ClickUp that's kind of like an inbox more or less. Okay. And so and there's an email address. Yeah, there's, a, there's an email address for that list and I just have that saved in my email. And so I'll either, I'll get an email, forward it to that or create a whole new email because then it's just creating a task is as simple as sending an email. Um, and, that, and then once, like I said, once it's in the inbox, I process it to where it needs to go to, you know, list or, or whatever. So that's, uh, that's been my quickest hack for, for using it. Like I said, make it a quick task. Yeah. I got to look into that. I didn't know I could do that. So you, you helped me. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that, that one's free. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, that, see, that's the thing about ClickUp. Like I said, it's really cool. But like you said, it does seem really like, I, I just want to make a task here, y'all. Like, I don't, why do I have to do this and this and this? And, and, and so anyways, that's now things uh, I've never, um, I've heard about it. Uh, and, but that's not, it's not, it's a paid app, I believe. Right. Um, is, yeah, right the that? is free, but the app itself, I, I think it's 30 or 40 bucks. I forget, but it's very seamless across devices. Um, and it's very, it's good for an individual. It's not good for teams. You can do projects mm-hmm. or tasks. So that's, that's helpful. Um, I just know what I put into things. I are, it's going to stay there, be there when I need it. It's, and it, it works locally and then synchronizes later. So it's pretty fast responsive. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, and then I'm assuming, I think you may have already said this. Are you a, are you a Mac guy, Apple, you know, phone, iPhone, iPad, all of that stuff? 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty deeply embedded in Apple devices, so it would I don't care to change because their stuff works, but it bothers me a little bit that they've incarcerated me to their ecosystem as tightly as they yeah. have. <clears throat> yeah, works, yeah, so. same. Yeah, same. I mean, it, when it comes to their, I will say their built-in apps. I don't. I, I, I use alt like I don't use the built-in email app. I use an alter. I use a Sparkmail, and there's a couple things that app-wise. But in terms of just like you said, the 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 synchronization across devices is so seamless. You know, with iCloud and and everything. So um, I, I'm sorry. I'm 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 really diving deep into this because again, this is this is my thing. So MacBook. What are you using a MacBook? MacBook yeah, I, desktop I, Mac. I, I, I've got uh, two computers. I've got the MacBook Pro, which is what I'm on right now. This is the new one with the, with uh, the M, I think it's M1. It's got and it's got, yeah, it's got the, the the new ports and stuff. I love this. This is the best laptop I've ever had. And then uh, okay. I have a Mac Mini at my study set up that's paired with a base that's got additional hard drive space and some drive. Uh, I'm sorry, some. Uh, it's a it's a it's like a hub. And, um, gotcha. and then I, that with that, I run, um, well, this is my, this is my church office. So this is the monitor I usually run here and I've got, it's an okay. LG from Costco. That's high res. It's like 4k. So it'll do a real good high res. I've got two of those at my study setup. So when I plug when I turn the, um, the mini on, I've got Logos on a huge 32 inch monitor and I've got accordance on a huge 32 inch monitor. So my study oh, nice. set up, and I just actually did that last week. I had a, I had an iMac that's old and it was slow and I replaced it. So I'm real happy with how that's yeah. working. Okay, no, that's cool. So your your MacBook, is it the one that has like HDMI and everything, like the newest yes. one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that uh, 14 inch? I think this one's 13. Yeah, this one's a 13. The 14 okay. is too big well, I, well, carry it around. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think we've got the same setup. Cause I, I've got the, I don't know. Does it look like that? I hope I didn't. It does, but there. okay. So what are the sizes? What is the, is the big one bigger than 14? Yeah. The big one is 16 and that's too big for me. So, so this, this, is, this 14. is 14. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The 14 has almost the identical footprint to the other 13s. 13. It's just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been, I just got, oh, I had to wait. I had to wait two months for it because it, it, it got, uh, they sold out so fast when they first launched it. But so I finally got this back in like February and yeah, I'm, I've, and I, I, I beefed it out. Like it's got, it's got some processing power to it. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it can right now, like I said, I, we have, like I said, identical setup cause I have a Mac mini as well. And the Mac yeah. mini is what's powering the screens behind me. But if I wanted to, I could plug in and power all those screens all from this MacBook and I could record, you know, yeah. do the zoom call, have no issues. So, um, yeah, I've been a big fan of it so far. It's, it's the most powerful computer I've ever owned and it's portable. That's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, um, you got an iPad, what, uh, what iPad are you on? We're, 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 like I said, we're diving deep into the devices here. Yeah, I've got an iPad pro. So this is what okay. I this is what I use for my um, for my program when I do the devotions. I open Accordance, so I'm running OBS on the laptop, and then I'm running Accordance on uh, on 
on my iPad. And that's what I'm actually using to teach from. I don't teach generally, I don't teach from an iPad in church. That's just a preference. I don't not, it's not a conviction. I just, I like to have the paper outline when I'm in church because I can see what page I'm on and I kind of lose my way on the iPad as far as page numbers. And my biggest problem in preaching is time management. I just get so excited about the truth. I lose sense of time and uh, that's not good. Yeah. Well, uh, no, that's, uh, so you get the iPad, uh, pro there. That's so you don't, you, you typically don't preach from it. No, I sometimes when I'm traveling, I have, but that's just if, if there's an outline that I don't have printed with me and it's on the iPad, gotcha. marriage retreats and stuff from the iPad, but. Okay. That uh, is that, and that looked like the 11 inch iPad pro, the, the smaller. Of smaller the pros. One. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, and then, well, hey, we'll just go right down the line. Then iPhone, where are you at on that? Uh, that's a thirteen, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's either one. yeah, thirteen, big thirteen Pro, big big uh, cameras on there. It looks like a thirteen. Yeah, yeah, this one's not the big the the Max. It's because I don't. It, I just like the. It needs to fit in my pocket a little more comfortably, but. Yeah, yeah. The, <clears throat> I had the uh, big size phone before they went to the current. Like back when it had a button, I had the. Uh, I think it was like the seven plus is what they called it. Yeah. It's about the same yeah. footprint as the max. That's just too yeah. big. I mean, I'm big. again, I'm a, I'm a big guy and I have big hands. Everybody assumes I want the biggest phone. I actually have the 12 mini because I want the smallest phone. Smallest phone. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, cause I, I have an iPad mini and so everything I do social media, if I'm going to do email on the go, anything that's all on the iPad mini. I don't even have those apps on my phone. Um, I just use my phone for texting, phone calls, and podcasts. That's about it. So, um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, thanks for letting me do that deep dive there. Uh, because again, missed, I could, you missed I could nerd out on this stuff. You missed stuff. two, actually. You missed two. Oh, you're right. I did. Okay, the wearables. So Let's talk the I watch. I got the watch because that's mostly what I use that for. Is my ex- tracking my exercise and yeah, exercise and activity. But I also yeah. I do have the iPad Mini. Um, which is kind of redundant because I have the bigger one, but you know what, what I use that mini for, um, and it's an old one, it's not a new one. Whenever I'm going any place with my wife where she's going to shop, uh, I put that mini, I tuck it in behind my belt under my sweater. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then wherever I go sit while she's shopping, I can read, I'm taking some classes right now. So I'm doing my reading, you know, and anyway, I there find that go. that's the portability oh, okay. light for that, you know, yeah, so I had the I had the Air, the latest version of the Air they came out with, I think, a couple of years ago. And so I hadn't upgraded my iPad in a long time. So I said, that looks, I, I like that. I'm going to grab that. And it was, it was great. I, I had had a Mini way back in the day. And I, it screen broke, whatever, it's completely gone. So anyways, this was my first iPad since then. Then they come out with the newest Mini, which is basically just the iPad Air, but smaller exact same, you know, in fact, I think it's a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit faster, you know, same, but same, same specs, everything. And, uh, and so I said, okay, so I swapped and got that one. And I, I love that for that reason right there. It, I, again, I, it fits in my back pocket. I'm able to slide it in my back pocket. Um, so if I'm going to, I, I love it for, cause it's like, Hey, when I go to church, I am a little bit, I, I, I don't, I don't carry a physical Bible anymore. I know I'm going to get struck down, but, uh, my, I, I just use uh, you know, old U version and the iPad. Uh, that's, that's what I, so stick it in my back pocket, but same thing. Like you're talking when I'm out and about, you know, I can take it in my, I do. I, I, 
there's a part of me that's like, if I could figure out a way to connect the watch to the iPad, which is not possible as of right now, and I have it's an it's a it's a 5G LTE version of the iPad, so I'm getting you know cell service on it. If I could figure out a way to bypass the phone, there's a, there's a part of me that would try to do it um, because I'm using the iPad for for everything. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so so that's I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Mini, um, which you might I don't know I don't want I don't want to make you spend more money here, but you might want to look into the new iPad Mini if you're a fan yeah. of the Mini, you're you're gonna really love that one. I've been looking, I've been looking and and restraining myself. My family makes fun of me over the years that. You know, I'm so invested that as soon as the new thing comes out, I've got to have it, you know, um, yep. which generally I've been able to justify it because I really do use all these devices, you know, um, yeah. deeply embedded in all of them. So anyway. Yeah, I, I and I really do too. I mean, I, this is my, it's, it's literally my livelihood. I mean, so I'm, that's how I justify it. But at the same time, you know, like they just came out with another, they were, they refreshed that iPad Air and I'm like, there's a part of me that's tempted to get it. And I'm like, dude, you don't, you just, you just switched. Like, no, you're not, you're not doing that. So uh, I do have to, I have to restrain myself. Um, do you have any AirPods or anything? The AirPods are worth every penny. I, I thought. Then they are right there. Yeah. I just thinking, man, these things are so expensive. Um, and I can't remember my first pair if I got them as a gift for Christmas or something. But I put them in and I'm like, oh my goodness, this, I like, these are essential. Like I live on those mm -hmm. things, phone, you know, mm -hmm. on the phone and stuff. I'm on the phone hours most days. So, uh, but when I'm traveling, they're just absolutely essential and they're worth every penny in my, in my opinion. Yeah. I, same thing with me. I saw him come out and again, being the Apple fanboy, and I was just like, I was like, Ooh, I want those because they're Apple. But it was one of those things I was like, but I can resist it because I didn't use headphones that much. I just didn't. Right. Uh, right. And so then they were given to me as a gift. I'm like, okay, I'll try them out. Obviously, they've been given to me. There's no turning back now. I have the pros. The pros are crazy expensive. I don't care. I use them hours a day, like you said. I mean, I'm just list. If I'm, I'm not on a lot of phone calls necessarily, but I listen to podcasts. I don't, I'm not a big like physical reader. Like I should be, but I'm like, well, you know what? I can at least do podcasts and audiobooks yeah. all the time. So yeah, the AirPods are, and like right now I like it because, you know, I'm sure somebody out there watching noticed it, but until I pointed it out, it's just kind of subtly there, you know, I get right. a nice, you know, audio feed from you, you know, it helps the recording process. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of those. Okay. Did we miss any technical devices? I, we can have no, no stone un uncovered I think here. We got it. I think we got it. The only other thing I would say about the AirPods is on an airplane that the noise cancellation is just huge. Uh, because a lot of times I'm, I spend a lot of time sitting on airplanes oh, yeah. and uh, yep. to be able to put those on and kind of check out is great. Very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking of airplanes, this is going to be, uh, really irrelevant to uh, the listeners, but it, you know, like I said, I don't edit out. So it's staying. Um, you told the story when I, when we were in Jacksonville, you told the story about getting rejected from the Delta sky mouse club. Uh, but then they let you in awesome illustration. Um, so, I just just flew, uh, just gets back from a trip, and uh, I I was going to book, and usually I book through Southwest, but this time 
for whatever reason, it was better for me to book through Delta. And I had a little thing like, hey, if you, you'll get a $300 flight credit if you sign up for the card. And I was like, oh yeah, the card. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll do that. And I thought about, I thought about that story. I was like, oh, this, this lets you into the club. Awesome. You know, so I'll get to, you know, I'll get to the airport a little early. I'll, I'll see what this club's all about, whatever. So I get the card. Uh, and, uh, when I get to the airport, I go in and they, they said, oh, uh, Mr. Clayton, uh, sorry, this, you're not eligible. And I guess I don't, I just had the measly gold card, not the, not the whatever level one. And they said up until last year, this one would let you in, but not anymore. And so same thing, man. I, I know, no, no, I got no mercy. I got no grace. It makes an awful sermon illustration because I got sent, sent right down the line, took that walk of shame. And I thought about you, um, except for I, I had no grace, wonderful grace message at the end of the story. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Well, you need to upgrade the yeah, card. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I don't fly enough to justify it yet. So maybe if I start traveling more, I'll, I'll think about it. But uh, in that moment, I was like, I, I was tempted to just like, is there a way I can upgrade it now just to avoid the shame? But, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, but uh, so um, shifting over to talking a little bit more about church. Now, Easter's coming up. Uh, and obviously it is just days away at this point. Um, and, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much because about Easter in particular, because by the time this, you know, hits the airwaves, if you will, Easter will be long gone. However, uh, it does bring up for me a question. It's kind of a, I don't know if we call it a debate or just, I guess, a differencing in opinion. So I used to really be of the opinion that when it came to Easter or Christmas or a big day that, okay, it's time to pull out all the stops, you know, do something big, do something special, whatever. And then lately, I've been a little bit more uh, exposed to, if you will, this mentality of, well, no, because you, you, when you got new people coming in, you don't want to, not to say you shouldn't try, uh, but, you know, maybe do something a little bit extra, but you, you don't want to portray your church as something that you're not, because then when they come back the next week, they're going to, if they do, then what's going on here? I'm not sure, you know, I saw on your, you know, I was looking on your website and stuff, you know, I saw you've got, you know, Good Friday service and egg hunt and, and some stuff going on. But um, as far as big days in general, I mean, I don't know if you've, you know, how you've approached that over the years. And, and uh, but I wanted to see if you could speak to that a little bit, that idea. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm totally in agreement with you. The, the, on one sense, the big deal at Emmanuel is every Sunday. Okay. So we want every Sunday to be as, as good as we can possibly make it from a human standpoint, not that we're dependent on our human abilities, um, but we want to serve God's people well. We want everything to be prepared from the facility to uh, the, the hospitality to the, the, the music and the sermon. Um, we want we want to serve our church family well. Um, I have really, really avoided um, leading Emmanuel down an event-driven path where it's it's not really about Sunday, it's about the next big event. Now, we, we have some events. Uh, we've done some church picnics. We've hosted some concerts. Um, we've, we've done some different things like that. But we I don't think anybody would tell you our church is themed uh, or driven by events. <clears throat> um, so that said, historically, what Easter is for us is um, we, we, 
we we want to be as good as we can in our normal operation and we would like to bring about some improvements that are permanent okay so uh, if we can hit a new normal in terms of okay let me tell you what we're doing this easter if you come friday or sunday morning what you will experience at emmanuel is what you would have experienced the previous sunday or what you'll experience next sunday it's essentially the same the the outliers are the saturday egg easter egg hunt obviously we don't do that every week okay um and then the outlier would be in we don't we haven't done this every year but two two easters i had steve green come so he did a concert in the evening so that was an outlier the other uh easters it's been basically what you would experience every sunday but this particular week we're doing some renovation and redecoration of our lobby with some permanent changes we're radically expanding our coffee and pastry and kind of pre-service hospitality that's going to be permanent uh we are upgrading and and expanding the kids check-in that's going to be permanent um so the changes we've made with the deadline of easter are not only for easter they're for easter and beyond but we just targeted easter as the time you know to implement those things. And um, part of it, Luke, is really because, well, I mean, you go back to mid-January, we were still pretty well shut down in Connecticut, even though we were having church. It was really small attendance. Lots of people were live streaming, especially over the holidays when COVID spiked. So it was kind of early February before we started to see that full resurgence of the church. And I think there's a couple hundred people that have targeted that Easter is going to be their their time to come back to church. So part of it is that we are emerging from COVID. And um, so we're hope, hopefully the, that that emergence from COVID will be strong and will stay strong. Yeah. So and, and where you're at, you're part of the country. COVID has been in terms of the reaction to it um, from, you know, your your local governments and things like that has been a little bit more extreme than maybe where I'm from. Um, and so, you know, you've, you've had the lockdowns and the masks. It's been, it's just been, I've, I, and I might be wrong on that, but the Northeast and the West coast, if you will, have seemed to take a similar approach to, uh, being very restrictive and locked down. Whereas me here in Tennessee, like, eh, it was a bummer for a month and we all got over it. We um, kind of in between you guys, we weren't as bad as California or Michigan, or New York City, but we definitely weren't as open as Florida. We were somewhere in the middle. I'll tell you what we really experienced. Our people took it much more seriously than some some people in Texas or Florida. So even without the government mandates, we had we saw our church family being very, very conservative and cautious. And I don't blame them. I mean, we Connecticut's hospitals were full, ERs, I'm sorry, the ICUs were full. So I, I certainly don't blame our ch- church family for being cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, with that in mind, though, I can see what you're saying. And, and I think this could be true, though, anywhere, uh, at least in the United States, that, yeah, this this Easter is kind of, I, I guess I've never really considered that. Uh, and I guess we'll find out because, uh, again, this will be released after Easter is, has passed. But um, it, it could really seem to be a target for 
people saying, I'm going to go back. Because I know that's what I experienced last Easter, at least, again, in, here in Tennessee. Um, you know, Easter Sunday, the church was more full than I had seen it ever. Uh, and it was, it was like, yeah, okay, it's Easter, but at the same time, there's something, there's something else about this. You can tell that just people, you know, people are coming back. So I, I do hope that's what happens. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but I, I like what you, uh, what your approach is there. Cause that, that is something that uh, from the media side of things, you know, there are certain things from, you know, that we're going to design or create for you that are obviously going to be event driven. Like, okay, we're making a graphic to advertise an event to advertise Easter Sunday. Um, or we're making a video to promote, you know, your, what you're doing for Christmas or a new sermon series or something like that. It's very much driven by a, a timeline, a date on the calendar, but then there's other things like a logo or brand redesign or refresh, a website redesign or refresh that there's really no timeline there. It's just kind of like, we'd like to get it done. That would be nice. And so I like that, that, that mentality of use these big days, uh, not necessarily days where you, you do something, you know, try to go all out and do something in terms of your programming. That's completely different. But I like what you're saying there. Like, yes, we're going to do something different and new, but these are mostly going to be permanent changes. Um, and I, I really like that, uh, that concept. Good. Me too. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I hope, hope it works out for you there. So, um, thinking about that, thinking about, you know, church, um, marketing, marketing is for some a dirty word in churches, but it's just something that we, we do. Um, marketing Every, is every, does. yeah, you have to. And, and I, the way I like to, I've heard it put before is, uh, whether you're doing it intentionally or not, it's happening. Um, you know, yeah, if you don't intentionally manage market, your, sorry, every church markets themselves. It's just a matter of, is it good marketing or bad marketing? Exactly. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, if you're not trying, if you're not putting forth an effort, well, that's probably the, in your marketing and how you're being perceived by your community. Uh, that is most likely what they see. Oh, that's the church that doesn't care. Um, and, and, and so marketing then, um, what I'm finding out, and again, maybe I'm biased because it's the world, again, the world I live in, it's what I, it's, it's my livelihood, like I said before, but when it comes to, um, marketing, it, it almost seems to me like it is so crucial to just your church's overall, I guess, even culture, if you will. Um, because if it's, if it's disingenuous, people are going to see right through that to go back to the big Sunday, illustration. If you are doing all this awesome stuff on Easter Sunday that you would never do any other week, well then those that do happen to return, you know, the following week or later are going to be like, Oh, you market it. If you will, you advertise something that's not really you. And so I, I don't know if that's, maybe I'm wrong on that, but to me, it seems like marketing, uh, it really is, it goes hand in hand with the, the culture of your, your church. Yeah. And so let me talk about the word for a minute, because I'm not, I, I understand how you're using and how I use the word. Still, I'm not crazy about the word because it is a secular word. And it implies that there's a market out there that we're trying to capitalize on. Um, the biblical sense of it is, is evangelism um, and presence, presence, marketing your church is making your church present in the community. And uh, whether that's through social media or mail or, or distribution of flyers or a sign in the center of the town, 
um, marketing is just how do how how are we seen? There's this culture out there that we're supposed to be supposed to be reaching into and serving. And I would say too, the the number one thing that that a church does to market itself is the life that the church family lives outside of the church, um, because that's Matthew uh, twenty-eight, nineteen, and twenty. As we're going about our lives, we're supposed to be witnesses. Uh, we are supposed to be is irrelevant. We are again. We're either bad witnesses or good witnesses. We're either yeah. uh, effective or ineffective. Um, we, but either way, we're witnessing uh, of Christ. Um, but how do we get active in the conversation? How do we get visible in our culture? And how do we get ahead of our church family so that when they invite a friend or, or start having a gospel conversation? the seed has already been sown in the hearts of our community. They've seen or heard about our church. Now, 10 years ago, anybody that had seen or heard about Emmanuel, it was not good. I heard so many bad things about our church. Um, 10 years later, um, even the church, the community at large that doesn't attend our church has a very favorable view of who we are in the community. Um, so that's been very deliberate and very strategic that we are loving and blessing and reaching out to the community as much as we can um, and expressing the love and the grace of God in the community. We're living out the gospel. We're not just declaring it. We are declaring it and we're living it so that people will come uh, and hear it and receive it and experience uh, life with Christ. So we do a lot of marketing um, but, but bigger than that, we do a lot of community relating um, with and through our church family and through events like Easter, events like the Easter egg hunt. Uh, we do a big trunk or treat uh, that our community is starting to become aware of these things. They love them. Uh, they love this Easter egg. Uh, it's sort of a scavenger hunt the whole family participates in. Everybody that comes will, will, will walk through the church and then they'll go to these different locations. So it's a very immersive experience. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track a little bit from your question, but I very much believe that a church should be visible. Or they, should be, uh, they should be seen and heard in their community. And so when I use the word marketing, that's what I'm talking about. How, how are we going to be seen and heard? And to, the, the postscript is, in being seen and heard, what kind of light are we shining on the gospel? Are we shining a favorable light? on Jesus and the gospel, or are we obnoxious? Um, so that's kind of my top high-end view of, of, you know, we're active getting our church visible, seen and heard in our community. Yeah, and you talk about the Easter egg hunt, obviously applicable to Easter, but what are, what are some other ways that you, uh, you know, you're doing that, some approaches to saying, hey, we want to be seen and heard in our community? Um, <clears throat> there are three or four times a year that we're doing a seasonal event that we're advertising heavily. Okay. But every week of the year, you know, it, the big picture here is that our, we, we've tried to cultivate a culture in our church where it's very easy to go and tell the community to come and see. And I use the phrase, go and tell, come and see. Sometimes people want to pit those against each other. Like, you know, you're more spiritual if you go and tell and come and see is weak. Well, they're both Bible phrases, okay? Um, and go and tell is get out there. Get, get out there in the community and be active. So in line with that, we have a relatively light 
weekly church schedule because we want our church family to be community integrated. We want them to have lives outside of church. Um, and we want them. And so there's the go and tell component of that. And then there's the come and see. Um, the come and see component is I promised our church family if that, that I'm preaching the gospel. Every Sunday, I'm preaching the gospel to unbelievers and believers. And I've said, if you have a lost friend and you bring them to Emmanuel, they're going to be well-loved, treated with great hospitality, and they're going to hear the gospel and have a chance to respond. And then we will do our best to gently, lovingly follow up if they give us any information. And so that is the core of our outreach program. And I don't apologize. It's not like other outreach programs. Um, and I could go on for an hour about why and how. Um, every now and then I bump into somebody that wants to maybe have a little argument about the way they do outreach and the way we do outreach. And I just say, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare methods. I'm not interested in arguing about methods. I'm in New England. I'm in New England, Connecticut. We're being the church God wants us to be. We're bearing the fruit that God wants us to bear. And uh, I'm celebrating the fruit. So every week people are bringing people to Emmanuel um, and it's all we can do to keep up on the follow-up, to be honest with you. Um, and every month there are between eight and 15 people following in believers baptism. We have a, a string of classes, four classes we call growth track. Uh, one is the gospel Two is uh, the relational Christian life, basically. Three is doctrine. And four is gospel identity from Stop Trying. And we have 20 to 30 people going through every one of those classes every quarter. So lots of seekers and lots of new people coming into community where they're hearing the gospel and making friends. Uh, last thing I'll say about this, Luke, that I love about what God's done at our church is Evangelism isn't something that only happens out there. Most people that are getting saved through Emmanuel are getting saved at church because someone brought them. And so, and on any given Sunday, there's probably 20 people faithfully attending church that are not saved yet, but they've been coming for weeks or months. And we're taking them on that journey of helping them answer their questions and seek the Lord and understand the gospel. So, a lot of times the people we lead to Christ in New England, it's been after a long time of cultivation. Um, you say, well, are you for, are you for um, lifestyle evangelism or confrontational evangelism? My answer is yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, for, I'm for cooperating with the Holy Spirit in whatever way the Holy Spirit is working in someone's life. Yeah, well, th there's a lot, a lot that we could unpack there. Um, because, you know, you hear, you know, yes, the, the uh, somebody can, you know, like I said, from your church, I suppose they could go individually, you know, witness and they could individually, and I'm sure it happens, um, you know, from time to time they could individually, you know, see somebody saved, come to Christ right there, you know, whether that be in their a neighbor or whatever, but you know, something, and this is something that, you know, might be controversial to some to ask the question, but okay. So like I said, if they get say if they get saved, they come to Christ out, outside of a church, what now, you know, 
Um, not to say that is not to say there's no value to that. You know, if someone comes to Christ, they come to Christ. Awesome. But the discipleship, the growth aspect of it, and uh, you know, considering that, yes, when they when that when that happens in church, well, they are already in the place where all of the the discipleship, the growth can happen. Not to say they do, they also need to grow on their own. There's a there's a uh, you could lean too far to one side or the other, I suppose. But uh, that, I, I like that, like I said, there's so much to unpack there. But I really like that that concept of yeah, they're getting saved in church. And so now they're already in church and, and they're growing or they, they have the opportunity to start growing. Yeah. And understanding the gospel becomes not just a five or 10 or 20 minute presentation in some random location. It becomes a, a, an experience of covenant community in the church. So they're hearing the gospel, they're seeing the gospel, they're experiencing the gospel relationally and through the teaching of the Bible. So it's a much it's a, it's a much more immersive experience um, than simply uh, outside of the walls of the church can produce, you know. So we're, again, not to criticize anybody's philosophy of how they do outreach, uh, but this is what the Lord's doing here, and I'm cooperating with him because he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the uh, the best way to put it. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you you are you're following you're following God's lead, and that and it's cl- like I said, it's clearly working, um, in one way or another. And, and I know you don't like to, uh, you wouldn't be the kind to want to boast numbers, but I, I do. I have noticed, and you know, COVID has thrown everybody for a loop when it comes to attendance and numbers, I suppose, but. Um, how many, how many were there when you first, uh, came to, uh, Emmanuel? Well, 93 people voted us in, and I would say on a Sunday attendance could be anywhere around 150, 160. Um, and it was radically fluctuating because a lot of people were leaving the church as we were coming. So it was really, um, unpredictable at the time and unstable. So, hmm. And I mean, again, I'm just asking numbers here. What, uh, what are you looking at now in terms of like an average, you know, weekend attendance, Sunday attendance? Uh, around a thousand and our church families around 1200. But again, um, I don't like to talk about that because again, I don't like to attach myself to numbers per se, yeah. because it can be a fickle thing, you know? Um, yeah. Really, we are much more focused on teaching the Bible, caring for the church family that is, reaching those that are new, um, and, and obeying the Lord, and really leaving the fruit and the results, the outcomes up to God, and rejoicing in it. And all I've tried to do, we've never had a goal of attendance. We've never set a growth goal. We just want to be a faithful stewards, faithful stewards of what God is doing, um, and realize it's really the work that he's doing. And I'm holding on for dear life, so I certainly don't deserve any credit. Um, I came, I came fearful, and uh, I've been scared ever since. But God's doing the, the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, again, I, I didn't want to. Uh, uh, I know you didn't want to boast the numbers. I just like to, uh, again, just from a uh, perspective of you know somebody who can be a little bit. Yeah, just I guess a business perspective, if nothing else, because your numbers is hey everybody. Like you said, you can that speaks volumes to some and in some capacities, but I do like how you circle it back to, it's not about numbers and you've never made it about 
uh, numbers. You've never made the goals and the things like that, you know, just, just preaching the gospel and everything. Speaking of, of that, um, can we talk, uh, in the gospel is your, you know, your other podcast, uh, that you do, um, with my friend Andrew. Uh, we, uh, were from the same uh, school, went to the same, you know, college kind of grew up together. Um, but, uh, this has become, you know, a ministry you've got to, pastors and other church leaders. Um, I don't know if you want to, if we could talk about that for, you know, just a, a couple minutes, maybe just, just give us a little rundown of, of kind of what that's all about. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me segue between what we just talked about into that, because there's one reason I don't sure. mind, I don't mind sharing a little bit of the numbers and that's this regard. Um, I rejoice to share with people that there's an opportunity in a, in a, in a harvest field in New England, and that the power of the gospel works in some of the coldest parts of the world. And I don't mean just cold weather, I'm talking about cold hearts. Um, and so I do believe the story that God's written at Emmanuel really reaffirms the power of the gospel. Um, it's certainly not our gimmickry or our trendiness. We are a, we are a theologically conservative church. Uh, I preach the, the Bible word for word. I don't skip over hard topics. Um, we have generally conservative music. Now, that's a sliding scale depending on who's listening to it because everybody has a different <laughs> definition of that. Some people come to our yeah. church and they're like, wow, the music's so conservative. <clears throat> and, and then other people come and like, man, this is really contemporary. So that's kind of funny. I get a kick out of that. Um, yeah. But the, the, the beauty of it is that so many people believe that it, that God can't do this in New England or in a place like New England. Um, now, it's not, a, it's not a healthy thing to impose those expectations on God or to be driven by this because, I mean, Luke, when I came to Emmanuel, to me, pastoring 93 people, pastoring 150 people was a huge privilege. Um, I wanted the church to grow because we had a big building and a, and a budget that was falling to pieces and we needed to grow into ourselves, to be honest with you, or we would lose our building. Um, but beyond that, I wanted the church to be whatever God wanted it to be. Um, and if you get too, too addicted to numbers and too addicted to metrics, then you're never happy. You're never satisfied. You're never able to celebrate what God did. Um, but man, if you get to preach the gospel to five or 10 or 15 people, that's a privilege. And that's a huge responsibility. So the reason to segue um, from that little postscript on the attendance number, the reason that we started in the gospel and the, the podcast leading in the gospel is um, I'm 53, my, my mid 40s, I'm like, I really want to encourage younger leaders uh, with principles of longevity and principles of theology that I felt were gaps in my own theological understanding until I became a senior pastor, started pursuing theological education. I really had some gaps and uh, I, I knew I did, but I didn't know how to explain. Like I knew this is true and I knew this is true, but I didn't understand how to, how to reconcile the two, you know, and over the last 10 years, God's done a very deep work in my own soul, starting with cancer and then transitioning to new England. And in the gospel is just born out of something very simple. I want to bless younger pastors. There's no agenda. 
I don't care to sell them anything. We're not starting a subscription service. We're not starting, not that that's wrong. We're not starting a, a, a conference or a network. Again, not that that's wrong. Um, we, we just like to come alongside and encourage and have organic, maybe transparent conversations and even about uncomfortable subjects. Um, there's not a subject that I don't enjoy talking about. Bible versions, uh, wokeism, I mean, all this hot button stuff, uh, it intrigues me. I love talking about it. I love understanding how people think about these things. And, um, you know, truth is never afraid of a question. Truth is never afraid of light being shined on it. Um, so if we don't have good answers, then, then maybe we shouldn't, you know, bank everything on the things we don't have good answers for. But that's what that's born out of. <clears throat> the, the, the get togethers that we've done, we've done a couple of events here at our church. We've done an annual event at Disney World with just 50 couples. Those are born out of me uh, and Kurt Skelly and Scott Tool having a conversation where we were meeting a lot of guys that just said, I don't know where I belong. I don't have a lot of friends, kind of lonely. Um, I don't feel like I have a tribe. I feel like I don't fit anywhere. And I mean, we were having so many of those conversations, like every guy we talked to felt that way. We just wrote, wrote those guys all a letter and said, you want to meet us with your wife at Disney World in October? And uh, first year, about 45 guys jumped in on that. The COVID year was a little lower, about 35. Last year, we had back about 40, 45. This year, we're already full. Um, we have probably 55 couples coming. Um, we're trying to get more rooms from Disney. So it's, it's really low pressure. It's very relational. It's very friendship oriented. It's a room full of guys that aren't comparing to each other or competing with each other or um, contending against each other or judging each other. Uh, we just want friendships and encouragement. And, um, and so I'm trying to have conversations on the podcast or interviews with people that have blessed me. And so I can turn around and take that conversation and let it bless other people too. So it's pretty organic at this point. And uh, if the Lord develops it more, I'm happy to see that. Yeah, well, I could say I've heard it, uh, listened to the podcast at least, and it's uh, it is great. It, it's good, and um, it's again, I got got my buddy Andrew there. Uh, you know, it's nice to hey, kind of say, oh hey, that's how Andrew's doing, uh, you know, and, and whatnot. But no, it, it really is good content, and I would recommend it to anybody um, there as well. And again, circling back to, I know the gospel, the in the gospel, and and your perspective on gospel ministry is is so. It's like we were talking uh, when we when the last time we, we had seen each other. It, it's so enlightening um, in, in so many ways. It's like I, I've described it as almost once you really grasp it, it's almost like a second conversion even. Um, and obviously we're, we're not going to dive into all the theology of it right now. But um, the, in the gospel, you know, the, the pod, leading in the gospel podcast, I believe your early episodes kind of talk to that, speak to that some. Again, your book, Stop Trying, definitely dives into that deep. And so I can't recommend it enough. Again, it's it's for any any pastor, church leader, or even just believer in general who wants more insight on that, I'd highly recommend getting connected with any of that content. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, the gospel binds me to Jesus and to truth. And it liberates me and sets me free from pressure and uh, the idolatry of ministry or work. Um, and it just, so that's the, the root of that leading in the gospel ministry is how does the gospel shape leadership? 
what kind of leader should I be as the gospel is, is growing up out of my life? Well, um, again, I can't recommend it enough. And so I hope, I hope anybody out there watching, listening, if you haven't yet heard of Carrie Schmidt, you're, you're, you probably heard of Carrie Schmidt definitely before you've heard of me. But if for some reason, someone out there you're watching, and this is the first time you've ever been exposed to, to Carrie and his ministry and, and everything, check out, uh, in the gospel, uh, get the, get the book, do whatever. I, I know you didn't come on here to sell books. Um, you know, and it's like, I like to joke. I mean, you know, you, you know, the, um, the commercial with the, uh, the all state with the mayhem guy and he's talking, yeah. doing the dance. He's talking about how it's going to get tens and tens of views. Um, that's, uh, that's typically how I look here with the podcast. You know, we, that's all my media, <laughs> tens and tens of views. <laughs> I'm like, if I could just get tens and tens, you know, it's a, that's a, that's a big win. Um, but in all seriousness, look it up, uh, get connected with Carrie. And, and I do appreciate you taking the time. Is there any, you know, closing words of wisdom or anything, uh, anything else you'd like to, to discuss before we officially, uh, sign off, uh, from the, from the, uh, podcast here. First thing I'll say, Luke is thank you for what you do. Um, your ministry is very needful and, uh, thank you for loving the Lord, loving the church, loving the gospel. You could go a lot of directions with what you do and with your skill set. You could probably make a lot more money than you're making. And I just really respect the fact that you're that you're pouring it back into ministry life. And so my heart is, is to turn it around. And I want to say, if you have a church that is connected to this podcast and you haven't hired Luke to do some work for you, what are you waiting for? Um, have this man produce some videos and do some stuff for you. Not every church can have a media team but everybody should have a Luke Clayton that they've contracted with to do projects and things for them. And I mean, you know, Luke, what you do, let me just, let me just, you didn't ask me to do this. And I, so let me just take the Liberty. Nobody visits a church in person for the first time. Uh, well, nobody under 70. Okay. Let's just say that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they visit online and the website Became, used to be just the front door and they'd look at the website and then they decide if they're going to visit the church. Now they're attending service online. And many times it's for weeks and weeks before they ever go to the church. Oh. I never meet anybody Emmanuel that, that doesn't say to me, we've been watching the service for weeks. Okay. So what you do and what you bring to the church is the new first time visit. Okay. Um, churches that don't understand that are hurting right now. They're hurting badly. Okay. Churches that do understand that are valuing building this into their budget, bringing someone like you onto their team. And I'm not even sure what all the services you provide. Do you provide website development support? Yeah, we look to be kind of a one-stop shop. So graphic design, websites, video production, we help launch your podcast, you know, kind of a all-in-one solution. That is the goal. So any church listening to this needs <clears throat> your service to get a website that's attractive, to get live streaming up, and to get a weekly podcast up. There's no way I would pastor a church without those three things, like no matter what. And it doesn't have to be beautiful. It just has to be there. and has to be as effective as we can make it, like right now. First thing I did at Emmanuel was before I ever moved here, I got the website changed. And, and then a few months after I got here, we started the podcast, weekly podcast. And then it took me a few more years on the live stream, but still early on, 10 years ago, live streaming was not nearly as common. You know, after COVID, a church that does live stream nearly doesn't exist. Um, so 
anyway, all that to say, thank you for what you're doing. And it is my prayer that God will grow your uh, influence and grow your usefulness to the kingdom. I, I'd love to hear that five years from now, you've got a staff of 20 people serving 100 churches. Um, if you can come up to Emmanuel, we've got a worship conference in uh, September uh, 29th and 30th. Uh, we're hosting the Gettys. Um, we're bringing in, we're inviting pastors and worship pastors to come to that. Keith and Kristen will teach all day Thursday. They'll do a big concert Thursday night. And then Friday, we'll wrap up with our team teaching. And you might, you might want to try to come to that, Luke, because I would love to introduce you to the people that are there, the churches that come. Um, so, so I just greatly respect what you're doing. And it is very, very needful. Um, and I pray God multiplies it. So thanks for letting me come on and talk and ramble and do whatever I did. Uh, I hope something was encouraging to somebody, but more than anything, I hope that they'll turn around and follow you and use your services uh, because of our conversation. Well, I, I do appreciate the kind words, and uh, I'll be sure to slip you an extra 20 or something uh, for, for all of that. Um, no but, uh, but seriously, I'm not getting anything for this. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say uh, use use coupon code carry for an additional uh, you know whatever off. Um, but uh, but in all, in all seriousness, I do appreciate the kind words and I do appreciate your time. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. And like you said, I mean, there's so many topics we just kind of hit the surface. I mean, I could dive deeper into everything from the philosophy of ministry to the techie side of things. Um, but I just enjoyed chatting with you. So thanks again. Let's do it again anytime. Thanks again for joining us. Remember, you're going to want to subscribe wherever you're listening to podcast. And because that change is coming very soon here in just a few weeks, sometime in August, you're going, we're going to be releasing new episodes that announce the new name of the podcast. And again, you don't have to do anything different at all. Uh, if you're already subscribed to this podcast feed, just be prepared for the change. And the only other thing you're going to want to make sure you do is get subscribed to our YouTube channel. That way, when we do release content to our YouTube channel, and by the way, we're going to be releasing content very often. That is YouTube exclusive content. Like I said, short form videos. In fact, we just uh, did a recent video series that we released here in the past few weeks uh, about uh, that's about church media and marketing in particular. We're going to be putting out content like that. That's church leader exclusive church marketing uh, and, and communication and marketing in general. That kind of stuff is going to go directly to our YouTube channel. And so you're going to make, you're going to want to make sure rather that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel and this podcast. So get subscribed to YouTube at youtube.com slash must increase. And don't forget to check out our, uh, or, or to make sure you're subscribed rather to this podcast and stay with us in the weeks ahead. We are going to be making those announcements regarding our uh, regarding our, our change and our podcast and so forth. And so I am really excited that you're with us. Thanks so much for being with us. And I look forward to seeing you next time right here on Church Media HQ.